This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, it's a free-for-all Friday, and as always, there is really a lot to talk about. There's yesterday's terror attack in Paris and uh, the question of how it's going to affect the election because uh, the timing is certainly consistent with a big effect on the election. Uh, that's what President Trump thinks is going to happen. Uh, there's also his comments from yesterday. He laced into Canada about our trade practices. No more Mr. Nice Guy? Should we take everything he says seriously, or uh, is it a lot of bluster? And face-to-face, he's going to play nice. I'm curious to know what you think of that. There's uh, yesterday's Measures to cool the housing market. Do you think those are going to be effective? Are they the right thing to do? You know, interesting, uh, this morning I saw my chiropractor and he told me about being shut out of houses in a bidding war twice by foreign buyers. So uh, hopefully that will help. Who knows? Um, Also, a lot of other things to talk about today. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Today, of course, is the day we talk about what you want to talk about. Let's go to Julius in Scarborough. Hi, Julius. Oh, good uh, afternoon, Ms. Neimer. Go ahead. Uh, Short time ago, I called your show talking about Kathleen Wynne and if she's going to be able to lead the, the party in the next election. Mm-hmm. And uh, on on Tuesday, they sort of said uh, what I uh, mentioned in the paper on the Star, whether she can uh, remain at the helm, as the title says here, because the chief fundraiser has designed. One guy said in the cabinet that they don't really like you. So uh, I'm wondering if she can survive this. And now she has this uh, speculation tax from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, as my friends this morning said uh, at coffee, Johan and Barbara, this is just another tax grab. Well, I, I don't see how it's a tax grab. Um, well, I mean, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's actually a very popular thing and uh it was uh instituted in vancouver and in vancouver i mean it doesn't last forever but it it does seem to cool things down for a little bit i mean the thing is that we don't really know how much of the market is foreign buyers there are certain exemptions to the tax well Uh, it doesn't mean much but my uh uh, one friend i know sold his house the buyers were uh, agents Mm-hmm. And my own sister in Stouffville sold her house. The buyers were Asians. Now, I wonder if she has maybe uh, ticked off the Asian community with this, because a lot of uh, buyers come from Asia. 
Yeah, well, the issue isn't so much where they come from, I don't no, think. It's, I understand. It's, it's that um, they have seem to have a lot of money, whichever foreign buyers. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, they keep bidding up the price of a house. I mean, to me, it makes sense that housing is expensive in Toronto and in the GTA, but I think what's very worrisome and very difficult for people is – how quickly it escalated. I mean, 33% in a year is just crazy. How can you, how can you fight uh, supply and demand? If the demand is there, you know, the market says uh, prices will go up, uh, whether it's uh, food or cars or, you know, homes, whatever. Yeah, but there's a, I think there's a lot of froth in there. And, and remember, I mean, I remember, I hope I'm not dating myself, 1989. That's and, not long ago. And uh, I remember that uh, my husband and I, we bought our first place then together, and um, we bought it at the height of the market, and there had already been warnings that the market was going to drop because it was overheated, and everybody said, no, 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 it'll never happen. And it happened a few months later. And prices, remember, prices dropped by 25%. People walked away from their mortgages because their mortgages were, were higher than Double the digit. value of the house. Yeah, that, uh, there was that. I remember that time. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to uh, finish with a comment really quickly, and then I'll go. Uh, this uh, shooting in Paris yesterday. Yes. Do you think this will help the right-winger Marie Le Pen in the election on the weekend? Uh, do I think it will? I think it might. Yeah. I think it might, uh, but um, you know, it's it's one of many in Paris. So yeah. uh, that I think it might, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. And uh, I think anyone who thinks about it would understand that that was wh- why that particular attack was timed that way. Yeah, it's a very unusual timing, if you can call it that. Well, it's not unusual, but odd. but I I think that's the result that the attackers want in in an odd way. Yeah, good point. That's the point I wanted to make myself. Okay. Okay, uh, Julius. I'm, uh, Julius signing off. Okay, Julius signing off. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay, people out there, what what do you think? Um, do you think that uh, the attack in Paris is going to uh, clear the way for Marine Le Pen? Uh, or do you think not? Uh, what do you think should happen in Paris? Uh, what do you make of another terrorist attack? Uh, I think the one thing Donald Trump is right about is, yep, it never ends. It never ends. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. It's a free-for-all Friday. We talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, We were also talking about the new measures to cool the housing market that were introduced yesterday. Do you think they're a good idea, bad idea? indifferent idea. Let's bring in Bob Comsick. Hey, Bob. Hello there, Libby. Well, your daughter just bought a house. Uh, correct. Her and her uh, fiancé did. Correct. Correct. And and you had uh, a very, I would call, interesting experience in the bidding war, and uh, it's possible that this suite of measures will address it, because the way you described it to me, it sounded like unethical behavior. It was a little different. Uh, their age, agent even found it a little odd. What basically happened without giving away location and uh, obviously any financial uh, uh, details, basically it came down to they were one of a handful on a particular property. 
And that evening, everyone goes in. Their uh, realtors go go in and individually present their offer to the seller's realtor and to the sellers. And while everyone's kind of hurrying up and waiting, uh, we get a call. And basically, you would think at that point it would be to say, you're in or you're out or you're one of the ones in the running. Instead, the the call comes and it's put this way, in essence, that as if you want to bid against yourself, it's, do you think he can do better as opposed to you're in or you're out? And that was a little odd. We basically went back and said, we're comfortable at this figure. We're ready to do the deal today and uh, threw it back in their lap. All of a sudden, uh, you know, a couple cars leave and we get a call saying, uh, welcome to the neighborhood. But it's just, it was odd the way that was handled on their part. I okay. thought a little bit. Bob, I, th- I think you're being kind because to me that is uh, completely unethical because your daughter obviously had the highest bid and so she was asked to up the bid. I mean, it sounds like they were trying to see uh, if, if they could do better, but um, I think, and I don't know, obviously the seller has to agree to it. But uh, they could have been, uh, you know, just pressured by the realtor. I don't know. wasn't privy to that. But I, I see where, where you're coming from in terms of it's just not something you normally hear in a transaction like that. It's either you're in or you're out, move on your merry way, or you're one of the ones in the running still. Can you do better? That's different. Well, that's that's different. But to me, that is unethical. And I hope, I know they said that, that they're they're introducing some measures to tighten up the way realtors work. As far as practices, correct. And, and, of course, many of them are extremely ethical, and there are some bad apples. But to me, that is, like, beyond wrong. And if I can remember correctly that that night, I'm trying to recall if, if our realtor even mused that that wasn't the first time that he had noticed. And uh, I'm sure I'll be corrected by, by them if, if I'm wrong. But basically, they felt that it had happened more than once of late and was wondering if maybe this wasn't something that we were going to see more of or that he was going to see more of. I don't know. And maybe there are some other realtors out there listening who can vouch for that or uh, agree with you in terms of whether or not that's unethical or uh, and maybe they would agree and, and say that practices such as that should not be exhibited. Okay. Well, um, yep. Realtors, if you're listening, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll free one 740-4740. There's also uh, something in there about who and how many people you can represent. Um, You know, people have all kinds of stories about real estate. It's just... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're not, and you're right. They're not always all pleasant, but uh, that's just the way it goes in this market. It is uh, it is really something else. I remember when my daughter and her fiancé were just getting into it, and I said, well, what's the place listed for? And she basically said, Dad, it could be a dollar. It doesn't matter because it's, it's not even close to that. You've got to go in not expecting to sign back and go back and forth. It's like those days... Those days are not here right now. I wouldn't say they're over, but they're not here right now because she says you got to go in there and you got to swing for the fences to even be considered. Otherwise, they know someone will, and you might be forced to cough up a little bit more cash and go out of your comfort zone. Well, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah hopefully that sums it up. That sums it up. Uh, Bob, um, that's a very interesting story. Let's take a call from Sam in Kleinberg. Hi, Sam. Hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Thank you. Okay, I want to talk about that terrorist attack there out there in uh, Paris. Uh, go ahead. 
Yeah, jeez, uh, it never ends there, does it? I mean... Um, it seems that way. Yeah. What, what, what do they have there? Is it 8% of uh, Muslims in that country, I think it is? Uh, I, I don't know what the population is. Not sure about the, the number sure there, Not sure about the population Sam. is. Yeah. yeah, I thought I heard it was 8%. We're at 2% right now. Danger, danger point would be 5 they say. Well, um, you know, you can't uh, tar everybody. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah? Can't? You but just, they have a, they have a disaffected population, and it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was I going to say now? Um, I, th- I think uh, Trump said something about that yesterday. Also, no, well, he made a few comments on that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, okay. Uh, that's all we really want to say is, uh, and uh, something about uh, a woman got on Fox TV last night saying something was like eight or nine thousand. Okay. Okay. You know, Fox TV. First of all, we don't uh, we don't oh. get it here, and uh, I I don't. I mean, I don't think we have to be uh, responding to okay. uh, things that happen on Fox TV, except maybe uh, Bill O'Reilly uh, getting bounced for sexual harassment, but Poor guy. getting bounced with twenty five million bucks. Yeah. Do you think uh, uh, Marie Le Pen? Uh, she's got a better chance, though. I think after this happening. Uh, well, the timing would indicate that, but on the other hand, anybody who uh, thinks about it would say, well, that's exactly what the attackers wanted to accomplish. You think so, yeah? Why, why would they do that? I mean, I mean, if you're going to... Well, people. one of the theories that jihadists have is that they, they want to show that the West is really against Muslims, and they hope that will incite other Muslims. Wow. Uh, so that is one of the things that, that uh, one of their goals, uh, and it doesn't all make rational sense. No. Doesn't no. make sense at all. Sam, thanks for your call. Good day. Okay, bye bye. Let's go to uh, Marge in Oakville. Hi, Marge. Hi. <laughs> nice to get through. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> there we go. The bell. Um, okay. Um, no, um, I'm not happy about a lot of things going on in the world right now, but I saw an article the other day about community housing mm-hmm. in, in the Toronto area. Yep. And. Uh, all these people, all these, this huge amount in arrears, how does this happen? What you mean, the uh, the arrears and the, okay, basically, let, let me refresh people's memory about what you're talking about, is that the backlog of repair in community housing is so bad that uh, the mayor had wanted to have a lot of units fixed and do the repairs, and when they started, they found that these units were just too far gone. So... Yeah. The people in these units are going to have to move while I guess they're either renovated or or taken down. So a lot of people, a lot of whom have been in place for a very long time, are being displaced and and very inconvenienced. And uh, there was a case of a woman uh, who was extremely upset and telling people they should be ashamed about this. But... uh, Mm -hmm. I have to uh, agree with the mayor. You know, there comes a point when these repairs are put off so often uh, or for so long when you have to, you know, face the music and say, you know, this this is too far gone because at a certain point it becomes unsafe. Well, yes. Like, like but how are they getting away with back putting everything off? You know, um, 
there have been all kinds of problems in Toronto community housing uh, that, you know, various administrations have tried to fix. Hasn't happened. And, you know, you can say the same about the city, that part of the reason that we're in a mess that we're in with all this construction and, and road construction is that a lot of things were put off uh, supposedly to save money. And, and this is the result, because when you put things off too long, the bill gets higher. And I know it's everywhere, like even in Oakville, people needing community housing, it's in dire needs. And I'm on the homeless list here, and I've been on the list for over a year. Yeah, and, and where where are you living now? Oakville. Oakville. I'm just kind of going from one couch to another, and and I was even in a shelter for a month, and I was amazed at the people in the shelter, like uh, seniors and and fellows that had served three and six years in the military and stuff like that, you know? There's something wrong with this picture. Okay, well, we're sorry to hear about your situation. Um, Thanks for telling us about it. I guess it's something that we should all be aware of. Well, there's a lot more of it out there than people realize. Well, Marge, all the best of luck to you, and thanks very much for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, we are going to take a quick break. Before we go to break, I'm going to give the numbers out again. Uh, We've been talking about the terrorist attacks. We've been talking about the housing situation. uh, And there's an awful lot more to talk about. I haven't heard anybody talk about what Trump said about Canada. Are you upset that he's taking us on? He said that it's disgraceful. Uh, And he's talking about the dairy industry, and the fact is that all kinds of agricultural industries are subsidized. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. Now, I see I have a caller waiting who wants to talk about violence in long-term care homes. And before I take that call from Michelle, I have some sad news to pass along. Regular listeners uh, will have heard me talking to Tammy Carbino. Her father, James Acker, 86 years old with dementia, was brutally, brutally attacked by another resident with dementia and ended up in hospital. He was covered with bruises uh, and remained in hospital. He couldn't go back. Well, uh, unfortunately, Tammy's father, James Acker, died uh, last weekend, and we want to pass along our sympathy to Tammy. Uh, She was very brave about sharing her story in the hope that something good may come out of it. But she is and her family are just devastated by the circumstances surrounding this because it's pretty clear that this attack really hastened his demise. And even though he had dementia, he had a pretty good quality of life and uh, a, a lovely disposition. Uh, and uh, this is just a horrible, horrible story. So on sh- I'm sure that also on behalf of many of our listeners, because 
We had Tammy on the show quite a few times. Uh, we want to pass on our sympathy and our condolences. And right now, let's go to Michelle in St. Catharines, who wants to talk about this. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Libby. Uh, yes, I just wanted to express my concern about the very same type of incident. Uh, we're a, I belong to a family council at a long-term care home here. I don't want to mention the name, but we had a similar incident. Uh, what is a family council? Can you tell us? Um, I believe that long-term care homes are mandated to have a family council, which means there's a council of the families, and if people are willing to take that on, it's, uh, I guess, advocating on behalf of your family members that are in the home. And what family members do you have in the home? Uh, my mother is in, a, in the home. Okay, yeah. And just We've, I've just been talking to the Ministry of Health and so on because there has been an incident, a similar incident, where mm. there's a violent resident and they try to, well, I think they're trying to maintain the situation, but there are vulnerable older people who are afraid of this resident who's quite strong. Mm-hmm. And, and Well, did, all, did this resident beat people up? He has, yes. And the staff were unable to stop it? I wasn't there when the whole the first incident happened, but now there is a staff member posted with this man all the time. But I can't imagine that they could subdue him if he... Well, if there is a staff member there that... Has, okay, how many incidents were there? Uh, one that I know of. Okay, well, it, it looks like... And how? what is the condition of the person who was attacked? Uh, they've passed away. And they passed away from the attack? Well, they're not saying that. Well, yeah. And this has there been an incident since a staff member was posted with this man? No, but there is an, an atmosphere of uh, fear. Mm-hmm. And um, no, there hasn't been. We've just been trying to address it. Uh-huh. And it have you been in touch with the uh, the ministry? Yes. And uh, there, you know, uh, the patient ombudsman, because uh, we've talked to Christine Elliott, the patient ombudsman, and I, uh-huh. if if I'm not mistaken, she might have some kind of uh, jurisdiction on this. But um, okay. you know, um, Michelle, uh, I would be happy to follow up further if you want to give us a call. Michelle can take your number, or you can. Okay. Reach me, Libby at Zoomer.ca. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, I appreciate that you don't want to go too public with this. but but making we're making a bit of a stink anyway. I think you need to be making a stink because nothing happens unless you make a stink. Right. (laughs) So, anyway, I've read your article. I've posted it on the bulletin board, highlighted it. Okay, yes, just for people who don't know, I I did write a column on, on uh, James Acker's situation in Zoomer magazine uh, in uh, the last May. issue, the May yeah. issue, I think it was. And we're very happy that you're addressing this cause. Okay, well, well, thank you so much for that, and uh, keep, it, keep in touch, because we, we want to follow up on this. We think it's a very important issue. So do I. Okay, Shall thanks. Shall I l- call back, too? Um, uh, you can call back and Michelle will take your numbers and your contact information. Okay. Thank you, Libby. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Anthony in Toronto. Hello, Anthony. Hi, how are you? Fine. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for taking my call. 
You're very welcome. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to speak about real estate. Uh, I think it's the biggest investment that you make in your life, and it's something that everybody needs. Yep. I've been in real estate since 1968. Wow. Are you still working? Uh, Yes. I'm semi-retired, but I'm still active. I still got my broker's license. Uh, Next year, I'll be 50 years in the business. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I had a great life. I never had a deal that never closed. Um, I had a lot of references. But the reason I want to talk about it is that I've seen so many ups and downs. For an example, in 1973, 74. <laughs> a while ago, yes. The properties were going crazy. And so the government brought in a SPAC tax. So anybody that, and I remember my barber bought three houses and he couldn't close one of them. So they brought this SPAC tax and a lot of people, that stopped that. And then from there, they started to go up gradually again. And in 1980, uh, I, we had a property that the mortgage came due. It was 10% with guaranteed trust, and the interest rates went up to 22%. Yeah, I, I remember those days. Okay, so that stopped that debt for a while. And then from 1982-83, that just was a nice, steady pace. Real estate is going up nicely. Uh, you know, just what it should have gone up until 1990. And then from 1990 on, it just started gradually going up, 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 up. Well, wait a minute. Up. You're forgetting that, that big crash in 1989 where, uh, remember, real well, estate well, lost like 25% of its value. Okay, 29. I say 90. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I, I say 89. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm off a year. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, there was but a anyway, big crash I, then. But anyway, so what's your what's your point? What what do you want to tell my, us? My point is this. Okay, that uh, what what's happening now is not real. It's so inflated. I'll give you an example. Just one through example. We had a we had an offer on a property. It was listed one million three ninety nine. We put an offer, it needed window, it needed roof, it needed some work. We put an offer on for 1.3, okay? They signed it back at $300,000 more than asking. Of course, the deal didn't go through. What's really wrong here that I'd like to mention is that they're listing these properties maybe just a bit below market value, and then they're advertising, which the agents are guilty of doing this, they're advertising sold for two hundred thousand over asking, three hundred thousand over asking. They're creating an inflated market. Believe me, this is an inflated market. There's no way some of these homes that were two million dollars that they're just attached, semi-detached, and need a lot of work. There's something's got to be done. Something's got to be stopped because it cannot go on the way it is. And believe me, mark my words. They will come down somehow. And Anthony, uh, before we let you go, do you think that the measures that the province announced yesterday, do you think it will cool down the market? Do you know what? It will help some, but it didn't go deep enough. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to make that difference. Uh, I don't know how many foreign markets, uh, foreign buyers are buying. I'm not sure. Um, I think that they had to do something about the buildings that were built after 1991, uh, whatever it was. Uh, uh, not to go, the rates go up more than two and a half percent. I think that was needed because what's not, but now with the storage of rental markets, some of the landlords got really greedy and just, you know, uh, ask for anything they wanted. And that, that wasn't right. So I'm glad that was a good move they made there. For the example. rent control. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, before that, uh, 
the older buildings, they, they had that rent control, but the new ones didn't. Now, it might stop from building some new rental properties. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Okay, Anthony, thanks so much for that. Well, you're welcome. And have a great show you have. Thank uh, you. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Sam in Brantford. Hello, Sam. Yeah, good afternoon. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Not too bad. I like to discuss the housing uh, in Ontario. Specifically, I'll just give you an example. I've been in Brantford 20 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I bought this house 20 years ago, and I'm still here. Okay, okay good. Houses should not be purchased as an investment. Okay, so the only way you're going to stop that is, first of all, if a house is listed at an X number of dollars, that is the maximum that it should be sold for. And as the offers come in, they have to be looked at as they come in. In other words, if an offer comes in at 2 o'clock, the person that's selling it looks at it and either accepts it or rejects it. They should not have bidding wars. It's not an auction when the house goes up for sale. Short-term mortgages should be non-existent. In other words, if you want to buy a home, maximum, a minimum of a mortgage is 10 years. And that way it locks people into this ho- these houses. Well, because- wait a minute. What if, what if uh, you want to buy, what if you have money? What if you want to buy for cash? I mean, isn't that, you know, the state getting a little too involved? No, they have to get involved because look what's happened in Toronto. Right, right. So something has to be done in order to, uh, houses are not, should not be purchased as an investment. You want well, to buy something on investment, buy, a, buy a, an apartment building where people are going to pay you to, to live in it. Well, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I think people should be able to invest in, in what they want. That's there's an interesting idea about the bids, though. Well, there's nothing wrong with uh, investment, but the trouble is when you, when you buy something and you're going to get greedy with it and, and people need houses, what are you going to do? It's not like a car where you don't need a car. You need to live somewhere. Yep. And I think in India, you cannot buy a home unless you are a resident of India. This, this 15% tax that uh, Kathleen Wynne has, uh, into, you know, they're going to start doing that, that's going to stop a few people, but that's not going to stop a lot of people. Well, if, if uh, you know, I've been hearing stories about people, uh, foreign buyers with lots of money paying way over asking, so I don't know if 15% will stop them, exactly. but, well, but it might have, put the brakes on things. We'll see. Well, people that have money, you think they're going to worry about an extra $1,000 or $2,000? They don't care because they're not, living, they're not living here. They got so much money, they don't care what happens to the houses three or 4,000 kilometers away. Well, they that's... have to do something that's going to control what people are doing. And the only way you control it is to take it away. Okay. Thank Those... you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. Okay. Uh, let's take one more call before our break. Uh, the numbers again, 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We've been talking a lot about the housing market today. There's those terror attacks in France. We've been talking about long-term care homes. Uh, I just passed on some very sad news about James Acker, Tammy Carbino's father. Uh, he was the victim of a very brutal attack in his nursing home on the part of another resident who's violent. There are a lot of violent residents, unfortunately, because of dementia. And, um, you know, a big question about whether this is being handled property, properly in those long-term care homes. Uh, let's go, before we go to break, let's go to Mike in Collingwood. Hi, Mike. Hello. Yes. I'm hoping you can give me some information uh 
um, Ms. Zneimer. Um, I was an immigrant 50 years ago, okay? Uh, Eventually, my family and I ended up living on the streets of Toronto. There's no government agency, anything like that. Now we're bringing in refugees, uh, you know, by the thousands. They get free housing, free everything. And then we put them in the most expensive city in Canada, which is Toronto. So my issue here, and then Trudeau gives out these hundreds of millions of dollars in relief for other countries. My pension was cut by $300 a month, okay? Your pension was cut? By $300 a month. And here's the issue. I talked to old age, which was the old age portion of it. CPP wasn't touched. So old age blamed CPP, which was ridiculous. CPP obviously told me it's old age, which I realize that. Then they have me to talk to the finance department. Then the three of them tell me to talk to my MP, federal MP for this area, which is Kelly Leach. Nobody Uh, would help me. Okay, you know what? Um, I know it can be very difficult to deal with the government. Uh, I can't. I I cannot um, speak to your personal issue. I think whoever told you to talk to your MP uh, gave you some good advice. But they won't uh, help me. Well, it, usually they have staffers that handle just these types I know, of but problems. They won't do that. And then I ask them to put it in writing that they can't do anything. Well, how is it possible? Where did the three hundred dollars go? when we're giving away hundreds of millions of dollars just to bring people into the country. Okay, wait a minute. Those are most of those are private sponsorships. Um but um uh um I I you know you should be persistent in the office of uh, your MP because literally that is what their assistants are paid to do is to help constituents with those types of problems. Ms. Schneimer, and I hate to interrupt you. I've been dealing with this for a year. They don't want to help me at all and this is what i don't understand uh this is the ontario government or federal government sorry in this case i'm dealing with because it's old age yep they don't want to help me and they won't put it in writing to say they can't help me well where did three hundred dollars go disappear into thin air by magic well um yeah I um, I would try again and tell them that you've been on the air complaining about this. You might try your MPP's office, even though it's a federal thing. Well, and, think, um, well see, that's what I'm getting at, is I don't think Jim Wilson can do anything on a federal matter, though, can he? Well, they have staffers, so the staffers might be able to intercede with you, somebody who will deal with it. Well, I guess really the, the main reason I, I contacted you was to find out who I should speak to, other than the three agencies or four agencies, if you will. There has to be somebody. Is there an ombudsman? Or is there something? I don't know that there's an ombudsman for CPP. Oh, no, no, this is old age. Old age security. Yeah. Um, I, would, um, I would go back and try your MPP if you're saying the MPs won't, won't help you. Thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, we have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to take more of your calls and your comments on the news. Uh, Housing is a big topic today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. 
Welcome back. Uh, let's go right to the phones. We've got Mel in Brampton. Hello, Mel. Hi. You're on the air. We're listening. Yeah. I'm calling about the impact that the housing crisis will have on two segments of the Canadian community, one being uh, homeowners. I don't know if this has been addressed before. And the other one being uh, new home buyers. Now, I'm referring only to the Canadian community, and mm-hmm. this is the thing. Uh, ever so often we get property tax uh, of assessments that uh, evaluate the, um, our homes yep. we live in. Yep. Why don't we use that to create a ceiling? In other words, let's take, for example, my house has been assessed at 400000 last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the government has to do is to say, okay, if my home is valued at 400000 it's on record as being valued at that price, and I pay my property taxes based on that, correct? Okay, now, yes, but, but those, you know, remember when we moved to market value assessment? Right. Uh, you know, those assessments don't necessarily affect the market. They're used for property taxes, and you're assessed on the basis of mill rates. Right on. So they can get the property taxes uh, right, but, but... Sorry, but if I want to sell my house, for example, and it's been assessed at 400000 a ceiling can be set by saying 400000 plus whatever was the uh, rate of inflation from the last assessment to today. And that could apply right across Canada from the Atlantic to the Pacific. And that way you set a ceiling. The other thing is, after all is said and done and people jack up the prices, the selling prices of homes, my property tax a few years from now is going to be a whopping increase, although I haven't done anything to improve my property. And well, there are millions of people like me who will be in that situation, who will be paying exorbitant property taxes based on inflated prices by these buyers who are buying, you know, just to... Well, it, yes and no, because because the property taxes are, are going to be rel- relative, because if everybody else's assessment goes up, right, right, then the property taxes are adjusted. I mean, I think most of the time... I remember when market value assessment came in, some people got really wacky increases and some people got really wacky decreases but if everybody's assessment goes up uh you know unless you increase the percentage of property taxes it it, it should remain about the same if you get what i'm saying uh, uh, i know it's it's rather confusing but i think something should be looked at uh, uh, we should look at our existing systems that we have in order to determine a ceiling but uh in the total uh, scheme of things, we seem to be ignoring the exist the millions and millions of homeowners like myself, who've lived in this neighborhood for the last 40 years, been good citizens, and all, all we get at the end of the uh, uh, when it's all said and done is increases in property taxes. Okay, well, well, Mel. Hopefully, if you sell your house or pass it on to your kids, uh, they'll have a, a very nice, handsome uh, appreciation and profit. Thanks so much for your call. All right. Bye bye. Let's go to uh, Greg in King City. Hello, Greg. Hello. How are you? Fine. How are you? I, I'm actually pretty good. You know, um, 
kind of makes me wish I never sold any of my houses. I've had about, <laughs> I still got two of them, one I live in and one I have another, actually one of my relatives lives in. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing the increases in this. And it's funny, 30 odd years ago, I think I thought the same way that a lot of your callers think today that housing shouldn't have been speculated on and that type of thing. But at this age, now into my 60s, um, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure about that decision. But I think, you know, my, 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 the point I wanted to make is very broad-based and kind of fundamental. It's, you know, we've got a, we've got a planet with six, seven billion people on it, and arguably we have the best country in the world to live in. I mean, we have the fresh air, we have the water, we have a relative degree of safety. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a small amount of political maneuvering is going to do anything to change that because it certainly wouldn't change my mind if I had the means and resources to come here, especially with long-term thinking, if I'm thinking about my children and my grandchildren and, you know, the, the years to come. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I think for the long term, and again, you know, when you look at New York or London, people have different expectations. I mean, young couples do not expect to be able to buy a house in the center of London or the center of New York. But in in this case, the it was so fast that it's it's crazy. Yes, except, you know what, let me tell you something. I bought a house, one of the last house I lived in before our, our, my family moved up to, uh, and I purchased my parents' house up in the King City area, which was on a bit of property, so I wanted to get away from, you know, concrete and brick. And okay, yeah. And so, but, you know, my, that house, I bought it in 86 in another boom, and it doubled within two years. So which, where was this, in Toronto or in King no, City? In King, uh, sorry, Richmond Hill, Richmond Hill. Richmond Hill, and, yeah. Another you know, really hot area, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, hot now. It was pretty hot then, too. But, but of course, the dollar values by today's standards are, you know, minuscule. Um, so, you know, it, but in round numbers, it went from being a $220,000 house to a $450,000 house in two years. I did list it because that wasn't our intention. When we bought it, we didn't actually buy it to live there long term. But when my son came home from his first year of kindergarten school, he kicked out the uh, kicked out the real estate sign, and we didn't move for another 15 years. And I always told him, I said that was the most expensive kick I can ever remember. <laughs> but um, you know, so I mean, things go up, they go down, and the reality is, in the long term, they still say there's more you know, more wealthy people created on this planet relative to real estate. But I really, really don't think what the government is pretending to do is going to have any change, because one of my three kids who does not have a house of her own, um, you know, there's nothing they're going to do to make housing affordable for a 29-year-old woman with a reasonably good job but still comes and goes and lives at home mostly. Okay, well, maybe uh, she can get into a condo at some point. Well, maybe she can go to the bank of mom and dad. That's what most young people do. And you know what? That seems to be the future because I have real estate people hounding me. Like I say, I live in a, on a fairly reasonable sized um, rural property, and it's been in the family since the 60s, and I bought it from my mom in 2000. And uh, anyways, the, the point being is it gets to the point that I almost wish it wasn't worth the kind of money that it is because... You know, my, my dad's ashes are spread on this property. Our dogs and cats are in the, buried on this property. And I kind of wish it really wasn't worth anything. So I don't even entertain the thought of, of Well, if, you, if you're happy where you're living, this is what I say. Stay there. 
Anyway, um, thanks, thanks, thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, Patricia in Hamilton. Hello, Patricia. Hi, Libby. How are you doing today? Fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, just a quick uh, message. I, with the rentals, in Hamilton we have a big problem here. We have a bunch of landlords that shove a bunch of people in little rooms and houses. Um, the city can't keep on it to inspect them. I, I don't understand. Like a rooming house? Like yes, what do you... and nobody knows in the city it goes on unless it's reported. Uh-huh. We also have a big university, which there's student housing, which is understandable for students. But uh, we seem to have a problem with bad landlords in the city sometimes, and the kids don't know their rights. I think the city needs to put into place something to protect the university students from bad landlords and other people that are in financial troubles that are renting from bad landlords' rooms. Well, there there actually were a couple of uh, measures in in everything that was uh, unveiled yesterday. They did add some more protections for tenants, uh, and uh, so that's one of the things that they're looking to do. And obviously, this rent control is going to be very helpful. Well, I just think they could hire some people that aren't working, Libby, and have them go around make these landlords pay for some sort of a license for the city has the right to go in and inspect the conditions on how people are living. And, well, uh, if, if, if somebody is uh, doing something illegal, then you can uh, let the city know. And if it's against a bylaw, right, mm-hmm. um, then you just let the city know and they'll send somebody out to check it out. Well, I don't know what the Hamilton bylaws are, but but well, they're if, trying. They they try very hard in Hamilton. They really do. I have to give them credit. But um, it's just so overwhelming, and they've got so much to deal with. Um, another question was with you know controlling the buyers from another country, charging them the fifteen percent. That's great. But what what do we do about the ones that have already bought and they're collecting rent from these houses and they don't take care of them? And they don't even live in the country. <laughs> well, uh, I'm I'm n- I'm not sure how widespread a problem that is. I mean, from w- from what people say, there's a bigger problem with foreign buyers coming in and then leaving them uh, vacant. Yeah, anyway, we're running out of time, okay, and maybe. I want to take Thank one more so call. Much. Have a great day. You too. Bye bye. Okay, Mary in Hamilton. Hello, Mary. We are running out of time, so we need you to talk quickly, please. Okay. I was calling about the rent control uh, from a landlord's perspective. I don't really think that they're solving the problem there, certainly not in Hamilton's situation. Most of the stock is older, so it wasn't affected by that ability to double the rent anyway. And a note on that, to I think that the if I, if I was in a position to double my rent, the reason I would be doing it was because I wanted to get rid of that tenant. Right. Because the problem with the uh, Landlord-Tenant Act is so much in favor of the tenant. And in Hamilton, we have so much abuse. A lot of people think, oh, absentee landlords. I heard your last caller talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, we have absentee landlords. And yes, we have lots of bad landlords. But the situation when you get a bad tenant and you cannot get rid of them no matter like it just seems impossible well you know i've heard about that situation often and i don't know how many bad tenants they are but the but the ones that are are it it causes a huge amount of grief and i i know i just talked to a caller yesterday who talked about it it takes you know six to eight months to evict somebody and then you're left with a big mess so yeah yeah and it's terrible. And, you know, you can't even, you're not supposed to even be allowed to pre-screen. But I do. I have to to save my own sense of mind. Plus, I have other tenants in the house. Like, I do usually triplexes and duplexes. So if I'm worried about the 
uh, well-being and peace of mind of my other tenants, I have to be particular about who I'm going to let. Absolutely. Mary, I'm sorry. Mary, Mary, I'm sorry because we're basically out of time. Thanks for your call. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.